and welcome to a trigger-happy episode of We <laughs> Only Look Thin. I am Katherine Weigel. I'm one of your hosts. I've lost about 145 pounds. Wow! And with me today is... Donald Weigel, and uh, I have lost about 100 pounds, and uh, I am also trigger-happy. Woo! Woo! Shooting off guns into the air, biggie, Yosemite biggie. Sam style. Yeah. Yosemite? Yosemite <laughs> Sam. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, I don't know how to pronounce words anymore. No, but uh, we are going to continue today with our amazing, inspiring, and maybe the best ever AMA Reddit uh, Ask I mean, Me Anything. You know, they don't give out awards for best AMAs, but if they did, I'm confident we oh, would Oh, I'm them. confident we would. Yeah. For sure, but Absolutely. Uh, we're we're basically gonna milk this AMA until there's nothing. <laughs> we're gonna turn that bottle over until there is nothing else, and gravity does it all. I think you need to reframe that and mm. say we are going to give our listeners a <laughs> a much deeper insight into the questions we answered on our AMA, so that if if perhaps they miss the AMA or they don't like reading or going online. They can just listen to our advice. Milk it. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you did read it, you get a much deeper, different perspective than we were able to give just by typing. Because I am, in case you didn't know, if this is your first time listening, we like to talk. (laughs) We do. And sometimes we forget what we've already said. I actually went back and looked at my responses to a couple of the AMAs. And I was like, who is that insightful person with detail? (laughs) She really did say that this morning. We were like... I was reading back one of the responses she gave, and she's like, wow, I don't remember saying any of that. that. That's really pretty good. Yeah, it feels kind of fake to go back and say things I've already said, but they're so insightful. Why not use my own material to inspire uh, many? Plagiarize from yourself. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, we we received a question, uh, which Donald is going to read because I'm not very good at reading words. <laughs> Speaking of people who don't like to read things uh, and would rather listen, we got a question from uh, Thea from Juilliard, uh, who first of all pointed out what a wonderful episode Pump Up the Volume is. Pump Up the Volume. Pump Up the Volume. It's one of our very early episodes. Uh, I'm actually, I haven't listened to it in a while. I don't know how the sound quality was. Nah. I, I have this like idea that our early episodes sound like an old Victrola record with like scratches and pops and like you know it's like you're recording in the old days yeah inside of a tin can like hello and welcome to um it probably sounded a little better than that but anyway pump up the volume she says my question relates to some of the volume duration tips that you use all of which I use, i.e. thinly slicing fruits so they last longer, using a demitasse spoon, etc. When Redditors post things like that in the r slash volume eating group and other calorie conscious subreddits, I've noticed the comments pop up saying that these are eating disorder tricks. Does anyone ever say stuff like that to you? And if they do, how would you or do you respond to that? Well, I'm glad you asked that, uh, Donald. Oh, wait, no, it was <laughs> Juilliard. <laughs> he looked at me like I had just ruined everything in the podcast. We were going to have to start over again. I thought I panicked for a second because I, I was, I didn't Does know she you even were, know? I didn't know you were throwing. I was like, what did I say? What did I ask? Oh, yeah. Great question, Donald. Well, we are here to openly admit to any and all who are listening or who are in the vicinity, Donald and I are here because we have eating disorders. Oh, yeah. Big time. We are not hiding 
hiding the fact that we have eating disorders. We are cohabitating with the eating disorders. We do not pretend that they don't exist. We are not eating disorder deniers. We are living and breathing with them as our co-pilots. And for anyone who is even in the realm of talking about food, there might be an eating disorder there. Yeah. And I don't think it's something to be ashamed of. I think that the part of the problem is that we feel all this shame around the idea of having an eating disorder. And I have realized, you know, one of the big keys to doing this was admitting to myself I have an eating disorder. I secret eat, I emotionally eat, and maybe those aren't clinically eating disorders, um, but I certainly, you know, I eat to avoid my problems, I eat to avoid facing my emotions, and I lie to myself over and over again. I binge eat, you know, all of those things. And and it's not the way you're, you know, in air quotes, supposed to eat. I mean, which makes it a disorder. Yeah. And I think in so many parts of our lives, we are just so used to modern conveniences that we take them for granted and don't realize that they make our lives easier. But for some reason, we think that we should intuitively know how to eat. We should just be able to listen to our bodies. But there are so many parts of life, like babies using pool floaties. Ew, right. stupid baby. You, you can't don't even, even know swim. how to swim. You should know how to do that intuitively. You were in the womb for nine months swimming around. Figure it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're triggering me, baby. Exactly. Like, but, like, bakers... Use potholders to get things out of the oven. Right. It is a, is it a crutch? Is it a convenience? I don't know. Is it a disorder? You shouldn't just have hands that can, you know, manage 400 degree, you know, plates. I don't know. That's a. Yeah, we as a society talk about having a crutch as if it's this terrible, totally. terrible thing. But if you have a broken leg, you need a crutch to get around. Like you probably need two crutches to get around <laughs> most of the time. And. It is a good thing. It is a tool that we can use. We, in all of these other aspects of life, we don't, you know, berate somebody for using a tool. If you need to hammer in a nail and you're, you know, you don't use a tool, like it's not, you know, you pick up an actual hammer to nail it in. Nobody's like, oh boy, that guy over there, he's using a hammer. He doesn't know what's really going on. If you were a real man, you'd use your fist. Exactly. (laughs) You would just intuitively know how to pound that in with your bare hands. Right. But accessibility matters in life. And I think for... And I don't want to get into the whole like able-bodied community situation, but we come from a place of privilege. We have two feet that work, two hands that work. We've got eyeballs that work. And when we are in a place of privilege, we can forget that other people need accessibility modifications to, to get by in life. And I talked about this in the AMA. If there is someone who is differently abled who cannot go upstairs, we have ramps so that there's accessibility. We have wheelchairs, crutches, walkers. There are modifications that are made, not 
to shame anyone, yeah. but to increase accessibility. And for some reason, we think that in the world of weight loss, that accessibility leads to triggering eating disorders. And really, it is making our lives, all of these tips and tricks that we've passed on in the last two and a half years are about accessibility, not enabling. And you know, we have kids who have 504 plans, which are modifications to class schedules to make it easier for them. We have hearing aids to make it easier for people to hear. Yeah. And we don't see any of those as, you know, diminishing someone's quality of life. We see them as enhancements. And for all of the tips and tricks that we pass on, it's all about enhancing and making life easier. That's what habits are. Habits are making things easier for yourself. Yeah. And there, it feels like there is a real anti-health movement out there yeah. and that if you're if you're doing all of these things if you're putting these habits in if you're using a little spoon to eat because it makes you feel f- more full that you have an eating disorder and guess what denying <laughs> that you have an eating disorder doesn't mean that you don't have it right <laughs> i mean it's still is there and could be there. And for me, I know it's there. If I just decided I wasn't going to do all of those tricks, then all of the weight would come back on. And, you know, even calling it a trick is not really, right. you know, it's, it's a, it's a habit. It's a method. It's, it's a something, tool. it's a tool. It's something that works for me that gets me through. And there's this real movement of you have to do it a certain way. Like there has to be, you have to follow this, my plan a hundred percent or you're not doing it right. And one thing that we never do, we do say, you know, we don't think extreme diets can last forever, but if you can go on an extreme diet forever and you're happy, that's great. Like we don't ever try and tell people that they're doing something the wrong way. We just make suggestions for how you can do something that'll last and that will be sustainable for the rest of your life. Right. And there are people who are able to do intuitive eating and, you know, which means sort of eating when you're full, which I'm not really sure what that feels yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> me either. So there are people who have specific plans that work for them, and they approach it from a, this works for me, so it should work for everyone. And if you don't follow it, you must be broken, or you must, you know, be, yeah. you, you know, you're fooling yourself. There are people in the intuitive eating community who believe that if you track calories you're broken and you're sheeple as they yeah. say <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but you know that that if you were just as as driven as and as committed as as we are then you wouldn't need to track calories so if you track calories you have an eating disorder if you weigh and measure your food you have an eating disorder if you balance your budget you have a money disorder like yeah we have tools around us to help keep us on track balancing a budget checking your checkbook making sure that you've paid your bills like those aren't disorders they are a way to measure and track your progress and your position and there seems to be a need to label everything you know i typically don't eat between 9 p.m and 2 p.m the next day but i don't consider myself someone who intermittently fasts. Like I never looked up the rules and regulations of intermittent fasting. I just kind of, you know, I, I heard about it after I started doing it. Really. I just kind of realized that if I start eating later in the day, I have a better time of things because 
I I make better decisions earlier in the day than I do later in the day. So if I actually still have calories at my disposal, it works for me. But I don't know if I'm following the the letter of the law, so to speak, for right. intermittent fasting. I'm doing what works for me. And also, I think to your point about labels, it is fun to be part of a club. Right. You know, and there are big things like I – I remember when I joined Instagram trying to figure out all of the different things like, hey, fit fam. And I was like, ooh, who's a, who's a fit fam? Is there a <laughs> yeah, family exactly. of fit people? Like, how do I get into the fit fam club? Exactly. Or, you know, WW fam, the Weight Watcher family. Ah. It's like, oh, you want to be part of the club and the cool kid guy and the intermittent fasting and whatever. And I think we are so sort of unitarian in our approach to weight loss. Right. We might pull in aspects of Weight Watchers. Aspects Although I of- would like to reject anyone who says fam. I just want to kick them out of my club because that really annoys me. <laughs> what up, Wolf fan? I don't know. I just I don't know why that bothers me. Yeah, but we want to be part of a group, and if we feel like we're not complying to that group, that we're going to be kicked out. I have uh, a friend who was following a plan that was, um, you know, a very sort of famous plan online, and she tagged that particular group yeah, on Instagram, yeah. oh, I know the but story. she wasn't following it to the letter and posted something that was kind of non-compliant. And the person who came up with that plan actually sent her a message saying, please stop using this hashtag. You are not doing this plan. And for even saying that you're doing it, you're, you know, you're diluting the plan. Please stop using it. And it's like, if somebody uses any information from Walt that is beneficial to them, right. but you're also following something else, awesome sauce. Like, that is fantastic. Like, make your plan your own. But the – I and, and this is something that I brought up in the AMA – the idea of a trigger. This is triggering to me. Right. Talking about measuring is triggering. Talking about the scale is triggering, triggering, triggering. And it I don't know if it is just my age and a place of privilege. And I absolutely do not want to diminish anyone. Yeah, anybody who has, who has actual real trauma and is triggered by things, like we get it. But it feels like an excuse a lot of times, you know, talking about measuring is just causing me to reel into madness. Like it just feels like an excuse to not have to to face it and put in the work. Yeah. And it, I feel like at this age and we're in our mid forties to very early fifties, <laughs> very early, like to say I have an eating disorder is, you know, is it triggering? No, I have an eating disorder. I've had it yeah. since I was four years old. It's like, and I, I, I did this in the AMA too. It's like saying that you're, you have a hand and you're in a group for people who have hands, right. but you're in the group and nobody is allowed to talk about hands, mention hands, gloves, nail polish. If you use hand moisturizer, you're out of the club because we just don't talk about it. Like I have eating disorders. I have a podcast about it. I have a weight loss group about it. Donald and I talk about it all the time. We know that it is part of our lives and we are not denying it. We are trying to understand the full scope of it and come up with ways to make it accessible, make it unscary, and to be able to 
live and cope and use as many crutches as we need to help get us through because it's here for life. It is a chronic condition that we're managing. And to do to deny it and pretend that it's not there, that's what got me up the scale 150 pounds. Yeah, and I know how much better my quality of life is now by using all of these, you know, quote unquote tips and tricks and habits. And I know how much better I feel. I know how much happier I am than I was before. I know how much healthier I am than I was before. And that Those things are real. That's not just in my head. I'm not just, you know, I'm not just doing these things and it's, it's this sort of magical thing that's not actually happening. It's all (laughs) in my brain. Like it's really, it's really there. I have the evidence to support it. Like I have, I have the, you know, my physical fitness. I have my appearance. I have my doctors. You know, I don't have to go see a heart doctor anymore. Like I used to have to see one every six months because of problems I developed in 2005. And now I don't. And all of those things are real. That's not just imaginary. That's not just me like making up something, you know, all of the health benefits of what I've done actually exist. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, we didn't even talk about this. I'm going to talk about something. It's off the... Whoa, I'm just whoa. saying whatever I comes not to prepared. My, my brain. But I uh, started working right after I went to high school um, and I started going to school part-time. And my uh, the company that I worked for offered to help pay for my undergraduate education. But I had to get a business degree. Yeah. And at the time, I considered myself an artist man and artists don't need business like that's squaresville and it turned out that having a business acumen is very important for anything you do in life from accounting to statistics and marketing and advertising and leadership and having that business acumen having the vocabulary and the structure only enhanced my life and any information that you get in the world, you can have the information and then not use it if you don't like it and if it doesn't fit your plan. But for me, building an acumen around weight loss, around my emotional life, around the physical ways, the accessibility that I can gain from having all of these tools around me, reading books about habit change, about emotional health, about boundaries, it has helped me develop my self-confidence and my understanding of all of the conditions that I face from being a recovering bulimic, for having struggles with emotional eating, with stress eating, compulsive eating, volume eating, Having all of these tools around me has only made it easier for me to understand myself and understand Donald and the people around me because I used to think – what other people saw as the truth was the only way to get it done. You've got to go to the gym. If you don't get all the pounds off by age 23, you're broken. If you're going to eat a pancake, you're never going to lose weight. I used other people's perspectives as this box to keep myself in. And if I didn't comply with all of these external don't wear white after Labor Day rules, that I was broken. And it's only since I've built my own education around weight loss, my boundaries, my emotions, and having the vocabulary for my weight loss that I was able to actually own it. I have never maintained my weight for three years. It's either gone up or it's gone down, but it's never been stable. And owning all of these tips and tricks and owning my eating disorders and 
talking about them has helped me keep the weight off. Yeah, and I have never been drawn to anything which required 100% rule compliance. compliance. It really drives me crazy. And that's sort of like, if you don't do this 100% our way, we're kicking you out, has never been my jam. And if I need to... You know, if I go to Weight Watchers and I need to eat a few more points than what they're telling me to oh eat, like, I feel like that's fine. You know, I if I don't need to get kicked out of the club if it works for me. And anybody who's telling you that you have to 100% do it their way is is not really on your side. And the one exception to that is a push-up. <laughs> there's only one correct way to do a oh push-up, and I will show you You're how. The worst. If We're gonna you cut ask this me. out. I'm gonna figure out how to use the internet and cut that out and post. It is terrible. It was just occurring to me as I was saying that that I do like I, I see people do push-ups all the time, and I'm like, that's not a real push-up. Oh that's not gosh. right. <laughs> oh, Judgy McJudgerson. But I, uh, I actually, as part of the AMA, we do a lot of soul searching. We're still trying to figure everything out. Yeah. But it occurred to me. That that I, you know, growing up as the overweight Polish kid in Southern California who couldn't, you know, get a tan, I was always afraid of not complying with what was cool, what was in style. I, uh, you know, was sort of a, an outcast as a kid. And maybe I was just a jerky kid and I didn't even know it. And I just blamed it on being Polish and overweight. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I grew up, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, um, I was actually uh, raised in a cult when I was a kid. <laughs> it's true. That is not a joke. I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I think my parents listen to this sometimes, so I'm not going to say too much. But I, <laughs> I remember even as a kid uh, being uh, sort of indoctrinated into the cult and thinking to myself as I was going through one of the, the programs, I was like, this is a little brainwashy. And I'm realizing that if I don't comply and I don't just agree yeah. with, uh, you know, the magical triangle, that I'm not going to be in the club. And at age 10, I knew that. So I think my exposure to uh, the the cult made me very self-conscious about being tricked into things, being... Uh, you know, absorbed into other people's way of thinking. I'm very nervous about compliments. I'm very nervous about being sold anything. Even if I want to buy it, I don't want anyone to sell it to me because I feel like they're trying to trick me. Yeah, for sure. But that idea of like, are you part of the family? Are you part of the the group? Are you complying with Weight Watchers? It was like Donald just said, it was revolutionary to me to realize that you could have more points and maybe still stay on Weight Watchers. When yeah. I found that out that you could actually make a choice by yourself and not listen to someone else, it was amazing to me. And Having that ability to set your own boundaries and to say what is right for you right now matters. And as we're going through this, and I know we're, you know, this is a, a big theoretical episode, but one thing I would love for our listeners to do is really spend time analyzing what someone else is telling you and what, what information you're taking in 
And what actually makes sense to you? Do you feel judged? Do you feel overwhelmed? Is it complicated? Do you feel like you're going to be excluded if you don't comply? Yeah. Because the more I have made this plan my own, Donald and I don't do the same thing. No. And there is no judgment there. We are on the same path, but we approach it very differently. And when you can cohabitate with other plans, with other perspectives, it is much healthier to own your own truth about it. Yeah, absolutely. Then it is to feel like, oh, well, Donald is only doing this. And so if I don't do that, then, you know, I'm not going to be accepted. Finding that accessibility for yourself, finding, you know what, eating on small plates really matters to me. Yeah. It just is something that I do. Using smaller spoons, eating on small from smaller cups, eating high volume food. These are all accessibilities to me. And if anyone is judging you for something that works for you, like there's a problem there. And um, actually, there was an episode of uh, Breaking Bad where Walter White was trying to teach his son how to drive. And, oh, yeah. And his son had uh, a, a disability. I think it was cerebral palsy. Yeah. And was, uh, I know this is ridiculous, but he was using both feet. To, to drive, he was using the brake and the accelerator, yeah, and yeah, Walter yeah. got really angry with him. And it's like, his body works differently, and he might need an accommodation and a different way of driving, and Walter just couldn't see that and was very angry about it. And I think we do that to ourselves a lot. We think, well, this is the way you do it. If I don't follow paleo exactly that way, if I don't follow intuitive eating exactly that way, then I'm non-compliant and I'm out of the boss babe cool kid club. Right. And there are times when things work for me. There are times when in one particular season, it feels super easy to use the tools that I have. And then there are times when it feels really hard and I have to make accommodations for my accommodations because I, you know, there are times when I hit all of my goals out of the park and it's super easy and I don't do any secret eating. And then there are times when I have to announce to Donald that the kitchen is closed. And if I go into the kitchen, you've got to like pull me back in with one of those giant uh, canes that they used to pull people yeah. off stages. Oh you man, know. I used to love that when I was a kid. Someone would get yanked off stage with a giant Yeah, cane. like the gong show. Exactly. <laughs> but being a person who is an advocate for themselves, setting boundaries with yourself and others, and not being told what is triggering, what is not triggering, it is important to find your own way. And that might mean that you don't follow the same path that other people follow. It might mean that you follow that path with them for a little while and then go a different direction. But nobody should judge you for needing accommodations, for finding ways, tips and tricks to make this easier for you. It shouldn't be hard. And it used to be hard because I thought I had to comply. And it's so much easier now with all of these little tools. I don't have to use every tool every day. Yeah. But I have these awesome toolboxes everywhere. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that the fact that Catherine lost 150 pounds doing it the wrong way <laughs> is really should be inspiration to all of you. Like, you can do it the wrong way, too. If you do it the way I do it, then you're doing it the right way. But what? Um, uh, I, think that, <laughs> I, I think that, look, I, I am not a psychologist. I am not an anthropologist. But I think a lot of this comes from... A place. I think it started from a place of goodness where uh, people's hearts were in the right place, where they were trying to tell people that they should be happy with themselves at any size. And 
to not worry about the physical appearance and to really um, embrace yourself and love yourself at any size. And I am fully behind yeah. all of that. But there are also real-world consequences to being overweight. And, you know, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you've heard me talk about my diabetes. And I, I realized only recently, I don't think I've even talked about the heart problems I had 15 years ago. And those were real. And I have been able to reverse those things by getting my weight under control. And if I if I just said, well, if I try and do something about this, I must have an eating disorder. Right. So I'm not going to do it. Like, not honoring my body. Not honoring myself. I might have driven myself to an early grave or I might have driven myself to severe complications from one of those things, which include losing a limb, going blind, like, and then I really would need some actual real world, you know, accessibility crutches to get through. And I think that what we're just trying to say here is that there is a, a perfect world in which you wouldn't have to do all of these things. And then there is the real world in which these things are real and they exist. It's like it's like denying science yeah. exists. Like it, 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 there feels like this, you know, science denial, health denial movement that we just cannot get behind. And we're not at our age certainly – about a vanity project like this. <laughs> why do you look at me <laughs> i'm actually wearing much less makeup now in covid because i get to wear the mask all. i get to wear the mask yeah, all yeah, the time you get to. <laughs> like, it's really so. good um and i i feel like we're not about just trying to look good we're not worried about how we're going to look at the beach or the pool or in our summer outfits. This is about our health and this is about going into our old age and being healthy and not having to rely on all of these tools, not having to rely on canes and crutches and wheelchairs and everything else. And maybe we're not going to avoid it. Maybe it's going to happen anyway, but I am going to fight as yeah. hard as I can to prevent it from happening. I'm going to do what I have to do to not have to use those tools and crutches. And if I have to use a smaller spoon or a smaller plate or slice my fruit more thinly or pump up the volume in order to get there, that is what I'm going to do because I don't <laughs> want to end up with all of these other tools and crutches that that you know come from the <laughs> medical community exactly that is so true and to to step back to the body positivity i want to remind everyone that the me of today is on the shoulders of the me of 300 pounds yeah. who was brave enough to start changing her life that woman got it done. Yeah. That woman was brave enough to not know what the heck she was doing, but just know that she had to do something. The one that started doing the quarter mile walk, the one that started trying, you know what? Let me, let me see if smaller plates help. Let me see if smaller spoons help. Let me see if pumping up the volume helps. That woman is the one who cared enough to try. And I am the benefactor of that woman's hard work. Yeah. And I have nothing but respect and honor for that woman who was scared and who like just felt lost and empty inside. It wasn't a vanity project. It was just a peace of mind that got me to where I am today. And in honoring that, I am carrying on her legacy by fighting really hard to not get back to that point where I just felt like I was on 
the emotional and physical decline. And in honoring your body, honoring your boundaries, and finding yourself at whatever age you're, you are, it matters every day. And you can wait for the judgment of other people to motivate you or to guide you, or you can find your own path, whatever that is. It matters at any age, at any weight. Honoring yourself and honoring your body matters. And I, I don't know if you can tell out there, but Catherine is getting genuinely choked up there. And I want you to know that I am also the benefactor <laughs> of that brave woman who went down that path because I was not ready to do it. And you led me there. And uh-huh. I am grateful. And our listeners get the benefit of that <laughs> brave woman's experience by listening to this show. And uh, we really appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to hear more episodes, you can find them all anywhere you found this episode. Um, and you can also go to our website, uh, weonlylookthin.com where all of our episodes are, and also you can uh, find out more information about our online support group, which this brave woman next to me runs. <laughs> um, and uh, you just go to the website, click on join our support group, uh, tells you everything, uh, pretty much everything you need to know about what you get out of it, and uh, uh, it would be great to have you. Yeah, uh, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Only Look Thin. You can email us at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. Uh, we actually have a backlog of, uh, of questions we and really tips. We really do. We, we might have enough uh, emails with questions to get us through episodes for the rest of the year. Yeah, so, uh... woohoo, making it easy. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so there are lots of ways to get in touch with us, to follow us, and uh, and anyone who has just joined us from uh, from Reddit or has found us there, thank you so much for for joining and for asking questions. We really appreciate it, and we appreciate our longtime listeners too. If you've been here for every episode, we thank you do. very much. Um, and if you uh, if you could do us a little favor and go to Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a uh, a rating and a short review, or at a very least a rating. It really helps uh, people when they're searching for health and fitness podcasts to find our show. Yeah, and if you don't have an iPhone, you know somebody who has an iPhone, take their iPhone and use their app to then give us a rating. Why not? Oh, yeah. Be sneaky about you it. You could give us a rating on your account and then also on their account. That would be super de duper. That's even better, yeah. And then ha- then they'll do it to two friends and they'll do it <laughs> to two so friends. And so on and so on. Exactly. So the next time somebody tries to yank you off stage with a giant cane, <laughs> just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration ish. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness programs.